0: You're listening to T.O.S.E, The Other Side Enterprise, where we are committed to bringing you to the other side, taking you from dreams to possibilities and on to reality. Listen in on talks for business and life coaching starting right now with your host, Tiffany Rufino. Hey,
1: what's up, everybody? I am here with my international man of mystery, Mr. Rufino. Say hi, Mr. Rufino.
0: Hi. Am I really here?
1: Or are you really there?
0: I might be over there.
1: <laughs> you never know where I am. Um. So we are back doing our podcast, and it just seemed fitting that we were home doing nothing. Anyway, uh, we're kind of not barricaded. What's the word? Quarantined into our home for an responsibly unknown. responsibly. Uh, For an unknown period of time, just like the majority of our listeners, um, we are not considered essential workers. However, you do not work in the field, so it's a little different for you. Whereas I am, and what I mean by the field is, you know, out in the Earthland. So, you know, I thought, what a what a fitting time to talk about a this uh, crisis that you know the world is in right now and. Then talk about how it applies to leadership in my eyes and what I've learned from that. So I want to talk about what a crisis is, uh, what I've watched other leaders do throughout my work history and what I've learned from that, and then talk about what I've learned through this crisis, which is not something I've ever experienced before or expected. Um, And there was a meme going around that I completely related to, and it, it was just... Simple, And it said, I don't want to be part of historic moments anymore. And I think about nine eleven. I think about Y2K, I think about when, um, you know, everything went down with leaders that we've taken down from the US, you know, uh, Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden and where I was at those times and just, yeah, I'm like, there's been a lot of historic things that I've been a part of and it makes me feel old. So I'm kind of tired of it at this point. I agree. Um, So when I looked up crisis, uh, it's a noun. And the plural for crisis is crises. (laughs) Not crises and then crisis. And it is called a time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. For example, the current economic economic crisis a family crisis a crisis of semi-literacy among high school graduates it's a time when a difficult or important decision must be made and it's also defined as the turning point of a disease when an important change takes place indicating either recovery or death um so already just hearing those words i can think of different personal crises that Uh you know have happened in my life have you ever experienced a
0: crisis I, I think everybody has, whether they like to admit it or not, ha- everybody's gone through something, something like that, you know, because it's inevitable, right, for everybody to um, to experience something that they don't expect, something that throws their their plan completely off skew, off the rails.
1: You know, it's interesting that you said that because I think that the fact that we think that we have a plan is funny because the universe always has a way of telling us that our plan wasn't invented by us. It was invented by the universe and it's going to steer us, whichever way it's going to steer us based on what it had planned already. So there's always a bigger plan, no matter what you believe in. Um, So that was just a, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. I mean, that could go on. We could debate on that for, and, and not really debate, but we could talk about that for Hours and hours. And we
1: wouldn't debate because we know I'm right, so
0: (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Um, But what I mean is you always want to, you know, they always say uh, hope for the best and plan for the worst. And I would say a crisis is something that, like, kind of passes your worst expectation and goes into, like, what what we're going through right now is almost movie territory, right? Like, what you're going to notice— you you don't see things like this unless you're looking at a history book and you're seeing like some sort of plague that hit an entire continent or a movie that you you look at and you're like, this could never happen.
1: I want to go back to something that you said and you said um, hope for the best plan for the worst. Okay. And I think about a company that I worked for where I was in management and every morning, uh, regardless of who was there in the morning, uh, whoever the opening manager was, we would have a briefing or a huddle or powwow, whatever you know companies call it. And we would go over the business for the day, but then it was always included with a safety briefing. And the safety briefing, briefing for this particular store, uh, which was a clothing store, we would talk about the different codes Uh, What should happen if a child is lost in the store? Um, And then, you know, there would be a code and we would practice, we would do drills. Okay, so we have a code this. And so everything would shut down immediately um, to the point where you were almost robotic. Right. So it it trained your body and your mind to not go into a panic mode. And it went into an autopilot where, you know, okay, lock the doors. You're going to start searching under the clothing racks. You're going to look in the fitting rooms. You're going to make sure all the guests are gathered up at the front of the store, et cetera, et cetera. And then there was another company that I worked for after that who also had safety meetings in the morning. And it gets to a point where, you know, you're sitting there as an employee and you're like, oh, God, we have to go through this again. Like it's never going to happen. Right. But we were dealing with lifting heavy things. So how do you make sure that you are ergonomically correct in lifting those things so you don't get hurt? Like it was all about, you know, the employees not getting hurt and the guests not getting hurt, um, making sure that there was safety rules with ladders or different um not tools, but I guess mechanics that we would use to uh, go up to the top shelf to get things for our customers, but also how do we lock it up so kids don't get hurt on these things? Um, You know, so those are minor things. Those aren't necessarily crises with the exception of, you know, losing a child in the store or, you know, if somebody gets hurt in the store. But then you think about on a larger scale when you move into a role of leadership and now it's your turn to uh, be the, on the front ends of a crisis. And I don't mean on front ends by any means of, you know, trying to uh, treat COVID-19 or trying to find the vaccine for it or to heal the world. I just mean, how do you protect your teams? How do you protect your guests? And how do you uh, do what's right for the business? And also, at the same time, how do you get all this information that's coming in by the second assess it, prioritize it, communicate it correctly, and, you know, try to make everybody happy. And the reality is, is that you're never going to make everybody happy with whatever decision you have to make, right? So um, if if you close store, if you close, if you close, (laughs) if you close a store too early, then you have half the team that's upset because they could have worked and it was just early panic on your end, right? If you keep the store open too long, then you don't care about employees and all you wanted was money and all the company wanted was money when in reality it's like we're trying to give you an opportunity to make as much as you can at this time. And then you have the employees that you know um, are just scared and all they need are words of comfort that you're going to be okay. And I think about when this whole COVID-19 piece came out and the coronavirus and, you know, there's so much information coming in from all different channels and I had no idea what it was. And, you know, then you get the conspiracy theories and the uh, Photoshop things on the Internet and, um, you know, people saying the coronavirus virus has been around forever. It's written on the back of a Lysol wipes uh, container. And so I had to research that. And I'm like, Okay, is this a conspiracy? What's going on? And I realized the Coronavirus has been around for a while. But this particular strain of Coronavirus is something that we've never had before. And that's where it's, you know, gotten out of control. And so, you know, in thinking about that, what I've learned um, in the past is communication solves a lot of things. Um, It could also uh, bring down a lot of things with teams. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I think that it all did, it, timing is important, right? So, when you go in and you say, we know that this is happening and we've made a decision, if you do it too early and then you have to change your decision, you seem wishy-washy. If you do it too late, you leave people hanging, and that's where people start getting scared and nervous, right? So the first thing you should think about is, is the timing.
1: Yeah, I think timing is important. I also think that you learn as you go because you can't really prepare for all situations. You can have a guideline, but I think there's a certain quality that people have where their fight or flight response kicks in, and that helps them. Uh, either tackle a crisis, or it tells them to run away from a crisis. And I didn't know what my strengths were, were and, I, and I'm still learning what my strengths are as far as a crisis goes. When, But when I think about uh, the role that I have in leadership, and you know, here in Florida, we have the hurricanes. And when you and I experienced the first hurricane, I knew how I felt about being down here, and I i think the last hurricane that I had, knock a wood, experienced at that time was Hurricane Gloria, and that was, like, 1984. And so, you know, I didn't know what to expect out in Florida. I just knew of what was on the news.
0: Yeah, we were used to snow.
1: <laughs> right. And so, you know, panic mode went in. So, it was let's buy everything that we can so that we're prepared for the worst. And even then we're still not prepared for what's going to happen because you have no control. Um, so I knew if I was feeling that way, what were my friends feeling? What was my team feeling? What was the organization feeling? And I think that's what lit the fire inside of me to, okay, let's use social media to our advantage. Let's have a plan. And that goes back to everything that I was sharing about the previous organizations is that in our morning meetings, we would always have a plan should things happen, A, B, and C, then, you know, to respond with D, E, and F, right? And With the team that I had, we came up with a plan of, okay, if the Internet goes out, there's an app that you can use that bounces off of Internet that's available in your area. So we could all message each other. We could all know that we're okay. You still have somebody to connect to. And part of that is, um, you know, erasing the fear of being alone because not everybody has somebody to be home with. And if you know that there's somebody available for you to reach out and connect to, even though communication may be down, it helps you feel that, you know, somebody's got your back. And I think that's very important for a team or for an organization is to know that somebody's got your back. So I started to over communicate. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because people will tune out what they don't want to hear. But as long as you are in communication and you are on the front lines with your team or even like further ahead for them and planning ahead, you know, as they're taking care of themselves and you're telling them, okay, here's what I saw on the news, here's what's going on, here's the plan for, you know, when we're going to shut down, here is why we're going to stay open to the last minute, here's what we're going to do when we do close down Our business, and then here's what the expectation is for when we return, and and so on and so forth. And so, if you can set those guidelines, and you keep everybody posted, you keep everybody in a mood where it's not lighthearted, and that you're taking any sort of crisis not seriously, but still that it's okay to be human, it's okay to be scared, it's okay to be angry that you know you're the in the position that you're in. It's also, what are you going to do about it right now? And what's the plan when you get out of it?
0: Is there, do you think there's a negative to over-communicating? Like, is there a point where it would be, and something you said that, that sparked that is when people, when you say people tune out what they don't want to listen to, right? And when I think of tuning out, I think I tune out one frequency.
1: Are you turning, tuning out during this podcast?
0: I'm trying not to. <gasps> Jerk. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but when when you say tune out, right, and you tune out a specific frequency, if everything you say is in that frequency, are, is there a point where people just start tuning everything out?
1: I don't mean tune out because of the it's monotone or the message is monotone or anything like that. I think if you have a steady time, I think of um, Cuomo right now in New York. Every day he's going out there and he's communicating. This is what's going on. This is where we're at. This is what we're expecting. DeSantis is doing the same thing. This is where we're at. This is what I'm doing. This is what we're expecting. I'm not saying either of them are right or wrong in what they're communicating, but people know to expect some sort of information at this point in time. So relate it to a hurricane. We're checking with the Weather Channel all the time, right? We're looking for uh, what's his face that's always out there. Um, <laughs> I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, uh, Cantori, right? Yeah. You know, you know that if he's out there, that okay, it's getting serious. You know, if he he takes the jacket off, all right, now it's getting real serious. But you know to expect those things to know the different levels of um, not. Panic, but the levels of seriousness that you're in 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 that part of a crisis, and I think having that steadiness and reliability and consistency helps people stay calm because they know when they could check in and they know when they could get information, and even if it's no information, that's information that they need to hear.
0: Yeah, I like that you said that because that's a uh, oftentimes that's a customer service thing, and sometimes whether it's in customer service or technical support, sometimes there's things that are where you don't get the answer today. Mm-hmm. you might get it in a week. Mm-hmm. But if I told you I'm gonna call you in two days or if I told you you're gonna I'm gonna communicate with you in two days and in two days I say, look, hey, I nothing has changed but I'm still on it. You kind of feel better than if you heard nothing
1: right. But you know. that's the human spirit too is that if you don't hear anything and you don't have a plan for hearing anything your brain starts to overthink all the possibilities <clears throat> right why am i not receiving communication what's going on is something wrong what's what's happening why are they not talking to us are they ignoring us are they taking care of themselves are they forgetting about us we don't we don't, we don't matter anymore you know so um, it, it's it's natural for humans to go that way because that's the panic mode because there's not a plan And so what I've learned as a leader is that I will communicate whatever I can, however I can, whenever I can, because that's the leader that I need for me. And usually my team, um, you know, the, the team of people that I work with are aligned with those same thoughts. And that's what they've come to expect of me because I naturally took on a role in a social media presence of being able to reach out, communicate to the teams quickly, they could read through the information, or I could shoot a quick video and they could watch it and, you know, move on and move forward with their lives for the day. So I learned that communication is important um, and that it's important to be consistent with it. It's important to be available to your teams for communication.
0: And then that goes into what you're communicating. And so that was going to be my next question. Do you act as a triage For information, is there any information Mm -hmm. that you keep like you filter out? Maybe your team doesn't need to hear that. Um, Do you judge if information is not complete enough for them yet? Right. So how do you how do you go about that?
1: You listen to your team. It's a give and take, and my intuition and my gut instinct goes into. Always having that communication open with my teams. How are you feeling? What's going through your mind right now? What are you most concerned of? And triaging based on that. So when my team tells me, well, I'm worried about this or I'm worried about that. And the majority is... You know, in either category A or B, that's where I'm going to find out that information. And if I don't get information for them, I'll tell them. It's straight transparency and honesty. Listen, I tried to uh, look into this. There's not a plan for it right this second. Here's what I know, and here's when I will update you. And as soon as I have that information, you know, then we'll move forward from there. We'll create a new plan and we'll move forward and we'll move forward and we'll move
0: forward. So, thinking back to I'm, I'm thinking back to the employees we mentioned at the beginning, like, you know, you have a crisis and you have to close the office or close the store early. And you have half the team that says, well, I can't work, so I'm going to miss out on hours. Yeah. And you have the other half that says, you know, if you stay open, you have the the half that says, well, you don't care, you, you're putting me in harm's way, right? right? And. You know, speaking of hurricanes, you know when we've both worked retail, and a hurricane is coming, but we're not sure if it's going to hit. Leadership has to make that decision. Like, do you close the store? Do you stay open? And so you come to that crossroads. Do you? Is it something where you're tailoring that communication depending on? So you have employee A who really wants to go home versus employee B who really wants to stay. Do you tailor it depending on the employee or is it something where you you kind of have to, you know, play
1: play by ear? Yeah. I think that's a great question. I I believe that it is always in my mind of what's going to make this person feel good, right? And and talking it out with them. So, for example, if I have that employee that's fearful the hurricane isn't set to hit for another week right and so you know it's all the way over in bumble east wherever and you know the media is throwing this panic out there of oh my god it's coming for us and you know whatever the case may be i think i have to understand where that um person is coming from it might be their first hurricane and I know what that's like to have that that fear and that panic and want to be over prepared at home so you know if it's best for that person to take that time to go do what they need to do so they feel safe and secure at home. That's the conversation that I have with them. And then, but it's a full out conversation, right? Because I think as a leader, you think in that moment, you want to be protective of them, but you think about the future too. And it's okay. So you're telling me you want to be gone for a week, which I totally get because you want to be prepared. That's fine. What I want you to think about is how are you going to be when you don't have that week of a paycheck, right? So are you going to be okay financially? Did you plan for that? Is there, you know, any other options that you would come up with that would work for you? I want them to be part of the solution, as opposed to me dictating it's either this or this, and that's it. Um, But that goes towards, you know, different things in the teams themselves. I think as you move through leadership, and the more people that you start to lead, the harder it is to make everybody happy and you're never going to make anybody happy. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned in leadership and that it's not my obligation in that moment to make everybody happy. It's my moment to be a leader and make the best decisions with the team and for the team. And at that point have earned that credibility and that respect for them to understand okay, this is what we're doing right now. And we're going to figure it out and move together with this.
0: You know, something that you just said, and and it goes along with planning is that being ready to be a leader in a crisis actually starts when there's no crisis. Because if the crisis hits, and your team doesn't trust you, and your team doesn't you're like you don't have credibility
1: you're already in a crisis
0: yeah you <laughs> <laughs> when when you start communicating whatever you want to communicate they're going to tune you out in, immediately mm-hmm. or they're going to misinterpret and something in some cases on purpose what you say immediately so you really want to build up that credibility um, prior way before you you go um, into crisis mode
1: i agree and i think you need to know your team and how they respond uh so part of my team i know needs bullet points tell me what needs to be done tell me when it needs to be done by tell me how you need me to follow up with you and uh then tell me what you need to help others right so there's people that have grown in leadership that are able to uh you know take over and stand side by side with me and, you know, help the other side while I work on this side. And I work with people that are maybe newer to crisis management or, you know, a a scenario where they've never dealt with the situation before. And I could spend more time with them because I know that there's other leaders that are able to take things and run with it. And that's just a natural piece, right? That's I think part of it is them having the trust that um, I trust in them and I empower them to make the right decision um, and that, you know, the people on our team come <laughs> first and that we're going to make the best decision that we can in the moment based on what we have. Um, as far as communication goes, I think that um, there's things that people need to know and there's things that people don't need to know. And if you're overpromising and under-delivering, that's the worst part. And so I'd rather go ahead and say, listen, this is where we're at. I don't know where we're going to land with this. Here's, you know, the scenario A, scenario B and scenario C. And it could be any one of these. I don't have an answer on if it's going to be the best one or the worst one. But this is what we're dealing with. And uh, I don't have any solutions. There's nothing you guys can do to change this piece of it. I just need you to know that I will communicate with you by the end of today and let you know where we landed. And then I'll communicate with you in the morning and then I'll communicate with you the afternoon. And just having those check in points so people know that you're working on it and not that you have just tried to, um, you know. Wait till the last minute to give bad news or news that's not going to necessarily make everybody happy, but you did what was Best for the health of the teams, the organization, and and whatever you needed to do at that point. There's no easy decision, and there's not going to be a hundred percent of the people on board with the decision.
0: And now we're talking about just the communication aspect, right? We're not talking about what your actual decision is, and it's it's pretty it's difficult to play Monday morning quarterback when people make certain decisions in a crisis only because a bite by, by design a crisis is something that you it's it's unexpected so you can have a response for it but when it happens it's it's difficult to maintain composure so the because we're talking about the communication aspect sometimes what you'll notice is that some people are not great at communicating mm-hmm. or not great at um giving the information mm-hmm. and that's when you start seeing those reactions that you see where, um, we both monitor social media and we see companies that, Oh, this company's horrible because the employees all of a sudden came out and just said, look what they're doing. And it's important to keep in mind. Um, I'm thinking of companies that I go to, buy, that I sometimes go to buy video games or whatever. Um, It's important to keep in mind that that might not be the whole story. I mean, it may be, but it may not be. And it may just be an aspect of the company may be doing something great, but they're not communicating it correctly. Mm -hmm. Or they may be doing something poor, but they're still not communicating it correctly. (laughs) You know, so that that's why the 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 uh, communication part of it is super important, because at the end of the day, any any decision that you make you have to be able to get people on board with it most organizations especially the bigger your organization is the harder it is to mobilize everybody to do something it's almost like if you want to make a change you have to think about turning a cruise ship as opposed to a rowboat and it and it makes it a lot more difficult if you're if everybody's not steering in the same direction
1: i have that michael jackson song in my head I'm going to make a change (laughs) for once in my life. The man in the mirror, right? Yes. (laughs) Sorry you said that. I just all of a sudden had it playing in my head. You know, and and keep in mind what we're talking about is separate from how a a company prepares for crisis versus how a leader uh, works their team through a crisis. So that I think maybe that might be a topic for, you know, another time. Um, but right now, it's just a matter of, you know, on the front lines, how are we communicating? What are we communicating? How often does that happen? And what's the right thing? And, you know, I don't think there is a right or wrong thing necessarily. No, I lied. There is a right or wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work myself through that. There's a right or wrong thing. If, you, if you're just quiet up until the last minute, that's wrong. Um, and I think if you're miscommunicating things or just trying to keep people on board until the last minute when you know, uh, things are going to hit the fan. I think that's wrong. Um, you know, so, so those are just my thoughts around communication. I think communication is important. I think what and how is important. I think that, you know, with everything on the internet, it's very crucial that you're cautious with your words. Um, Only because when people are in a high emotional state, they can take it the wrong way. I remember um, back in the day I posted, I had a great day with a team. It was just like really great things. I had a new employee. We were working together. She was so on board with what we were doing. And I went on Facebook and I posted, you know, had a great day training an employee. She did so great and blah, 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 blah. Like all the positive things that I can think about. And I go back to another team and they're pissed off at me because I use the word train and they're like, what are we dogs? And I was just like, are you serious right now? Like there's a training handbook like that. It's a word that you use in business. That's that's the one thing that you took away from this post about somebody who's going to be a rock star professional right now. And so it's. You know, there was no crisis even going on at that time. But that's me understanding, okay, this is the team that I have. So when it gets to a point of a level 10 of what's going on in the world, I have to understand that this person is going to go straight to, you know, the negative piece. And I have to be prepared for that, which I think brings us into the last piece of this is in reacting versus responding. And what I'm learning, not that I've mastered, not that I've learned it, is that I don't have to react to every response that happens um, to whatever decisions are made that people are justified in their feelings, right? Because, you know, however you feel in that moment, that's what you were raised on. That's what you were brought into. That's what you were influenced by. I can't take away how you feel in that moment because I don't know what's led you up until this moment to feel that way. All I can do is acknowledge how you're feeling and make sure that it's based on the facts and not based on rumors of other people feeling a certain type of way and trying to change the narrative.
0: This is a loaded one for me because I think you're still
1: practicing empathy.
0: (laughs) Well, anybody who knows me knows that I'm very I have an interesting way to practice empathy, and if I can't see myself, I mean, if I wouldn't have made that decision to jump off of a cliff and land on my face, then I, I can't put myself there. But having said that, when when I look at people in a crisis situation and everybody's reacting in, in whatever direction, I, I always feel like, as a leader, I should be able to say if I've if I've done my job right I, properly i should be able to say follow me and just yell that out and my team should stop look and go okay we're following we're following jeff right now and that is a hallmark of me having done my job is that people listen i'm going to go way on the on the far end of that whole training dogs thing people should hear that dog whistle and just go okay we're we're going we're going with the flow because Jeff knows what he's doing. The people that if if a majority of my team does that, the people that don't, we can do like a no person left behind kind of thing. But you, when it's a crisis and it's a minute to minute kind of thing and how you respond to something. And I think responding versus reacting is responding is a prepared reaction. Right. So. Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting.
0: Like you 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 know what to do in this scenario, be, not because you've prepared for a pandemic that cl- that shuts down everything, but you know Well, that's what, you know, businesses
1: do. They plan a pandemic and then they Yeah. try to mess with people's lives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but I'm saying because you're you're prepped and you know how to respond to certain things that are, that occur and you know kind of generally what you want to do. You in some sometimes you just can't wait for somebody to to get get with the program and come along and, and go with the flow. They should that's something that they should know by virtue of hey, this I trust that person as a leader.
1: Okay, so that goes into that that's a great analogy because then you think about how often we've been told stay at home, stay at home, stay at home because of this you know, uh, crisis with that's going on with COVID-19 and then you have all these people that are going out shopping that are not doing anything that's essential that they're not wearing masks that they're not adhering to you know washing their hands and all this other stuff and you know you're like okay so when you get to a point where you're sick um you know tell me why we put you first in priority when you didn't take this seriously because you were the last to jump on the bandwagon but then there's the other half that's like Okay, but how serious is this really? You know, how is this? I just don't believe that in all the hype because of how much they've communicated and hyped it up and how much the media has just like talked about all the negative pieces, but haven't talked about the positive pieces like, yeah, it's been this many deaths. But look, we've had. 800,000 people that have come around on the other side of it, or, and those aren't real facts, but it's just, you know, where the focus is, is where people's mind either goes to, or they go away from it, because it's either too scary, or it's too much hype. And so that's their reaction piece to it, right? So when you say nobody left behind, uh, I, I agree with you. It's just, if you as a leader are determined to stick through this and go through the mud and wade through the waters with your team and whoever's on board. Cool. I. It's the same thing with what we shared as a hurricane. What if you have somebody that's fearful and they don't want to come to work a week before a hurricane? Same thing with the team. If you're on board and you want to keep going through this and you want to work through and see what happens on the other end, then yeah, let's do it together and I'll take you with me. Right. And then you have um, people that are individual leaders versus group leaders or mass leaders, and they're more leaders of themselves and just know what the best thing is to do for themselves, and they have to go on their journey. And as long as they're not walking into a uh, fire, right, or foreseen danger that you can see right in front of them, and they're uh, purposely putting themselves in harm's way, I think what I'm learning is that I have to respect them making that decision for themselves based on Things that I may not know about them or their lifestyle or or their decision making skills. And I have to trust that they're doing what's best for them and let them do that. And if it turns out that they find out that wasn't the best decision, that's the experience they need to go through in order to understand okay, you know what, that was probably the wrong thing to do. I shouldn't have walked into that house of zombies. I understand now why you guys like turned away. It's that commercial that they have with, um, you know, everybody's in the garage and they're like, oh, he's in there with the chainsaw. And he's like oh, right yeah. behind them. <laughs> and they're like, we should run to the car. We should do this, you know. Um, people have to learn through experiences. And I think that comes with time, that comes with maturity, that comes with Uh, being in a position of leadership and having success from it and, uh, you know, trusting who you're with. And not everybody is going to trust the leader Um, and not everybody is going to bail on you. I think that you learn as you go and each team that you have is going to react, respond, listen and follow differently than the next team. What I'm also learning is that as your team grows, it gets harder and harder as a leader to um, have uh, everybody happy. And the end goal isn't to, I think have everybody happy is to have it's more to have everybody understand why um, why decisions are being made and have them be part of it or at least voice, um, or have an area for an open-door policy to voice how they feel about it. Um, not that we're going to always be able to turn the tides based on what they say, but it's also, okay, well, then how do we build the why in it differently for them to understand that this is the best decision to make at this time? And one last piece on that is that I think it's important to identify that people who are have a natural ability to lead don't necessarily become leaders of groups. They become uh, the individual leaders like I was referring to before. And I think those people are strong personalities and they have a voice that uh, is beckoning to be listened to in the best (laughs) way that I could put it. Not because they're the squeaky wheel or because they're the problem child or anything like that. I just think that... They bring up good concerns, um, not always at the best points, and they're just people that you still need around because they're the ones that help you with your con- your contingency plans. But they're not necessarily the people that will lead you through the crisis with their plan, but they will help you see a side of things that maybe you didn't see before, and that side may be the other side. So any last thoughts?
0: I see what you did there. <laughs> I totally get it. Um, Yeah. Overall, if you feel that you're making the best decision for your organization, 100 percent, and you're confident of that, just know that how, when, why, all the W's, you communicate
1: to your team. How
0: is it a W? It's an honorary W. It's like a sometimes one. You would
1: be an individual leader.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, But the communication that you have for your teams is almost as important, if not as important, as the decisions that you're actually making. Yeah. So if you're not communicating effectively and if you're not communicating properly, all the decisions you make can just go by the wayside.
1: Yeah. 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 And I think the no, I think those are great points. And I think the decisions that you make behind the scenes, behind closed doors in the room where it happens are uh, just as crucial and just as important, because that's going to influence all your communication and then the response versus reacting piece. So to wrap it up, what I will say is that there's always a learning curve. With leadership, there's always going to be things that people look for that you did great. There's going to be things that people look for that could have been done better. All of it is an opportunity. I think in my thoughts, I hope that this is never something that we have to return to ever again. Uh, or experience, at least through my generation or our generation, where we could say, okay, well, next time we have a pandemic, we'll make (laughs) sure that we do it greater than we did before. Yeah, no more of those. Yeah. Um, So, it's still a learning piece for me, uh, I think, because there's different crises that uh, I've been through that have happened um, that are completely different than another, right? And that's where I think my biggest learning was the communication piece and how to communicate, how to communicate to teams. Um, And the piece that I'm learning is how to understand that you just got to take the good and the bad and, um, you know, move forward, always move forward and everything's going to be okay. And I know that we have a bunch of new listener listeners, listeners, listeners. We got some listeners with us uh, today, listeners. So thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for letting us just wing it because we we didn't script this out or plan it out. We just felt like let's jump on the mic. Let's talk about things for a little bit. Feedback is a gift, Uh, so any feedback that you have or any topics that you'd like us to talk about, we are open to suggestions. Uh, You could reach us on Facebook or even Instagram, The Other Side Enterprise, and uh, you guys know me as Tiffany Rufino on Facebook, so you could definitely reach out there as well. I hope you guys stay safe, stay well, stay inside, Uh, use this time to take care of you, to heal you mentally, emotionally, financially, physically, do what you got to do. Um, reach out to a friend, make sure that you are having conversations with people and you don't get stuck inside your head too long. Um, And I look forward to seeing you on the other side of this.
0: Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We'll see you next time on The Other Side Enterprise.